Hear ye, hear ye, and welcome to the Royal Geek Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Rollison, also known as T-Roll, and tonight I am once again joined by some special guests, well, special co-hosts, good friends of mine. First of all, we have Justin Sandoval, a.k.a. Sandy. We also have Anthony Amato, who we like to call Shimato. And of course, we got Apple Zach's Zach Markham with us as well. Boys, we are here to review Black Panther Wakanda Forever, the second Black Panther movie. Uh, we watched it. We all watched it yesterday. Yes. Yep. And yep. Uh, now it's now Friday and we're here to review it. Man, I'm excited. Yes. Uh, yes. We need to just, I just want to see how you guys are doing before we uh, even get into the, the movie, though. Dude, man, doing great, man. Marvel. Yeah. Marvel kind of cemented themselves yesterday when we watched the movie, but um, Marvel reminded yeah, everyone yeah. who they are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like uh, doing doing well. We uh, watched it kind of <laughs> early yesterday, and it was. I mean, it was it was a lot of fun watching it, and you know, getting back out to watch a Marvel movie because it has been. Well, it feels like it's been longer than I think it actually has been. But, you know, it's probably been about five months since a Marvel movie actually came out. But And I think we all had different theater experiences as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, for, sure. for sure. Yeah, which we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll get, sure. we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, big shout out to all of our listeners. Everybody who's listening, watching, we want to remind you to please subscribe, whether you're on YouTube, watching us on YouTube, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Google, Spotify, whatever. Please hit subscribe. So you can stay up to date and also follow us on social media at Royal Geek Pod. Uh, you know, stay up to date with us. And yeah, that helps us out a lot. So I think it's just important to uh, maybe just go ahead and drop the spoiler warning. Uh, you know, I don't know why you came here thinking right, we weren't exactly. going to be, you know, jumping right into the spoilers. Uh, we don't really do non-spoiler reviews. Sorry about that. Um, We're not disciplined enough for that. That's no, for sure. nope. no, 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 no. I was certainly am. Yeah, especially Markham. <laughs> <laughs> so here's your spoiler warning. Um, but I guess before, so first of all, the movie was great, and we all liked it, right? Yeah. Um, but before we get Turn into the podcast, the, off yeah, now. yeah. All right, you're that's done. it. You're done. <laughs> before we get into the like the actual plot and just everything that happens in the movie, I think it's just important that we should probably start by you know celebrating Chadwick Boseman. And yeah, um, yeah, just like the you know, talk about what the movie did to honor him before we really even get into, and we'll certainly talk about him certainly later on as well. Right, but, of course. Uh, just for us to start, I think that's where we should go. So I don't know how would you guys how did you guys experience I, the tributes they had for him? Well, honestly, the the big thing that stood out to me for tribute wise was the uh, the silent Marvel Studios logo where Dude, every yes. single image was Black Panther, yes. Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. And it was quiet, and especially in our theater, it was so quiet, man. You could hear so a, you could hear a pin drop. Well, yeah. no, you know what you could hear is the dude who was late walking up the stairs, and I was like, "What a schmuck!" Because <laughs> I was I, like, "Man, like, listen, I was so zoned in, I don't even, I didn't even see that." Well, man. because I was thinking, anytime I'm in like a super quiet moment like that, I'm always thinking like. Could I hear a pin drop? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so yeah. I'm, I'm really listening. And then, sure enough, I hear like a some Ste- steps. And I look uh, over. There's some dude yeah. climbing. And you could see him like turning around, yeah. looking at the <laughs> Trying screen. To watch it, yeah. Well, he's like wondering, like, why is it quiet? Mm-hmm. And but yeah, what, and, what a moment, yeah, man. Yeah, what? it was. I mean, this, the scene. I mean, that the, it was incredible to see. And like, I, I honestly, I started to tear up a little bit, man, because well, it was, it was, it was intense. And it's, and it's yeah. so yeah. We experienced was, Chadwick. He passed away. But in the movie, in the MCU, that that scene, that intro with no music, literally comes right after T'Challa dies. Yes, yes, yes. 
Very, so, very like, we're point. seeing Shuri react and, and knowing that we've already reacted for, what, two years? Yeah. Yeah. Right? You're right. So, it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's I don't know, man, it's hard. It was, yeah, exactly. Yes. It was very emotional. And yes. there's, a, there's a lot of emotional moments. Like, you're mentioning, it, it comes off of the scene where T'Challa has passed away. And uh, we get the the memorial service where the, the funeral, right? We get yeah. that whole scene. And uh, the... I mean, Angela Bassett, let's just like shout out there, man. What a performance. But, uh, uh, Ramonda is, Ramonda is literally telling Shuri that like he's passed away. Yes. And, uh, she's, we see her trying her hardest to, to re replicate the, the herb and she's trying to her best. Like she refuses to go by her brother's side because she's so dead yeah. set on trying to save him. But yeah. then it's, it's all for naught and she misses out on that. Well, I think it's partially the dead set, but mm-hmm. I also think it's a little bit, that she is scared. Like she is scared to go to his side because if she goes to his side, then that is admitting that there's nothing else she can do. Yeah. Like th- that that he is going to pass away. Like it's that kind of idea of like um, where that situation happens. Like you're you're admitting that this situation is out of your hands. If you're working, if you're working, you can constantly feel like there's always a chance. But mm-hmm. at some moments, you know, I think at that moment she knew that he was going to pass. But in even though since she was trying, I, I kind of had a feeling that she, she didn't really believe that she was going to solve it mm-hmm. at that moment, yeah. Yeah. and that she was really pushing off all this. Like all the all the pain and all the you know emotion of what was happening and pushing it all into her work at that moment. Yeah, and I feel like I feel like they did a really good job as far as like the you know the intro with the movie. It was kind of similar to the intro of the first movie movie with like Killmonger and you know asking his dad and everything you know to tell a story. And you know with this intro, you know you have you know Suri you know asking you know the God they believe in, you know to save her brother in a sense. Yeah, and you know then it cuts you know, to her, you know, trying to recreate the herb and everything, you know, and try to save her brother and, you know, doing everything she can, um, which, which is a lot of pressure, you know, that's yeah. a lot of pressure and everything, you know, to, to be put on someone, especially, you know, with all the, you know, the scientific stuff and, uh, going on with Wakanda and being, you know, you know, the head scientist, or, you know, the head of, you know, knowing all the technology, you know, she did the best she could, Yeah. but, yeah. you know, she couldn't, you know, do it in that moment. Which, you know, is understanding. Totally. And she's in a spot of, like, she won't, in her mind, if she can, if she's in her lab, there's still a chance, you know? Like, she hasn't, like, given up yet. Because, you know, like, we we see, you know, she's, like, the world's greatest scientist, you know, supposedly now, you know, Riri Riri Williams might have something to say about that. But (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. But it's, like, when you think of, like, you know, Shuri compared to Tony Stark, like, at some point, Tony, like, he gave up. Right. And he's like, I can't solve problems anymore. And I'm not going to even try or the whole time travel thing. He was like, not even going to, like, he was just so distanced by it. And, and, and she has, she's at this place now where her brother is dying and she is so not confident, but insecure about her gifts where she's like, she, she has to stay in the lab. And it's so sad because like she missed the opportunity to say bye in that moment, you know? Um, so, and I do think like it was, there was a lot of these interesting moments where you kind of felt like y- you felt the loss in a lot of ways, just because of the fact that there was literally no way for them to show 
us those moments. Mm-hmm. You know, there, you could never have that moment where, you know, she was by his side as he passes away. There was never a moment where you can show like something in his at his funeral. You can show the body at the funeral. You know, like all this stuff and you felt like all this loss and it felt so it was it was very odd and like it felt weird because it was such a it was a real world loss and yeah. it caused these like in universe losses as well um where you didn't get to see these traditional scenes that you would normally see like you, you didn't get the traditional like you know, goodbye or the traditional, like, you know, moment of on even something. Bed, yes. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like on that, or even the moment where you would think you would get the scene where that she would visit the ancestral plane and he would be there. Right. And yeah. then he would talk to her or something, give her like a rousing speech or something afterwards. But we never got any of those, like those moments. And it, it was partially like the fact, it, and, and it was, such an in-universe way of showing like the loss in the whole and that we weren't able to properly mourn him either and because we he was just gone so quick but what we did get was the raw emotion yes from the actors correct of the loss of Chadwick Boseman slash T'Challa like you could feel it sitting there in your seat you could feel the performance that was going on with Angela Bassett you could feel the performance with Shuri and and just the amount of pain in their performance as far yes. as the, the loss goes and the suffering as well. And it, it was, honestly, you could feel it in the audience and it was, it, and especially in, in Tyrol and I's audience, we, it was there. It was evident. Yeah, it was amazing. It was, it was, yeah, it was a, quite the experience. Yeah, and again, like this, this, also, this always, if, if you go see, if you go see Marvel movies on release night, especially in a bigger city, you know, like we, we were in Atlanta. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, like maybe the one of the best places to see Black Panther to, to watch the forever. Yeah, yeah. right. Or, or even just any Marvel movie, yeah. but especially Black Panther, right? Mm-hmm. And it was remarkable. So not only is the, the, the audience electric because it's a big movie yeah. and it's late at night, but there was, there was such a, um, obviously people are, Excited. It was a, again. It's weird. It's yeah. like there's excitement, but there's also sadness. Yeah. And and what was remarkable to me, and just you know this in our theater, the amount of people who were wearing white in head to toe, just like they do at the yeah. funeral in Wakanda. Yeah. And like I, for, formal white. Formal. Like, yeah. The, like man, the dresses looked, were beautiful. Dresses. Like, absolutely. People beautiful. looking great. Yeah. The the gentlemen were decked yeah. out in like the most like the, the white crisp, shoes, crisp, white, white pants, suits, like white suit. Yeah. yeah I mean, it was, it was it was beautiful, man. Like yeah. I, I mean, I wore my white shirt, but I unfortunately don't own a pair of white pants, which <laughs> I guess unfortunate <laughs> or unfortunate, right? Exactly. I wore a white shirt because I knew I knew for a fact, but like yeah. It was it was absolutely beautiful to see, and uh, I don't know if you noticed this, T. But while we were going into the movie, the the showing before us had let out, and there was like the news was there, and they were interviewing people who were. Oh, I did not notice. Oh, yeah, like I would literally walk by, and it was well, that's channel, really cool. channel two news was interviewing yeah. all the people wearing oh, wow, like, that's the awesome. beautiful white ceremonial dresses. That, that's like super that. cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, wow. But yeah, it was it was quite the experience. So, yeah, was, so that's was, like a great, and that's like a you know, oh, man. That's a respect thing for what the the significance that Chadwick Boseman brought to that character, that role, and the the and ima- just and just like Hollywood in general. Yeah, yeah. The, what what he's done in like the oh, roles, yeah. just pop culture. Yes. Yeah, like, yeah. The, like the the in, in society, like the idea 
um, before the original Black Panther came out, if you had done the Wakandan salute to someone, they'd be like, I have no idea what is going on right now. <laughs> but yeah. now it is completely entered the zeitgeist as a as a form of tribute as a as an example in so many ways yeah yeah so um again we will certainly talk more about chadwick we'll talk more about t'challa as the as the review goes on but i thought it was just appropriate for us to maybe just take some time and um and again for the three of us i mean we i'll never forget guys and you know where i'm going right now we we got together early on early stages of our podcast to review a movie. Ironically, it was the first movie that we saw in theaters during the pandemic. That's right. Um, uh, yeah. And we won't even mention the movie because it's not worth mentioning. Not a great movie. Um, but we, we, we watched the movie and then went to Justin's house to review it. And, you know, what you guys don't know is it takes us a while to hit record. Like, we, <laughs> and even tonight, even this podcast, we yeah. were probably sitting around too long just talking and, and just... And, you know, you're talking about everything. And uh, I'm scrolling on Twitter, and I saw the thing about Chadwick, and I was like, what? I, I couldn't believe it. And it was, the, you know, it was the same year that Kobe Bryant died, and a similar thing where you see it, and you're like, no, I have to find another. Like, and then more you, sources. Yeah. More sources, and then mm-hmm. you see more and more and more of it, and you're like, it's real. And, um, I mean, we probably waited a whole hour before yeah. we hit record on that yeah. review. Yeah. Um, and again, two years later, we, we finally get this movie. So, man, so bef- before we go any further, uh, sh- just shout out to Ryan Coogler. You know, I mean, oh, he man. pulled off a, what an impossible situation to be in. You yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, what an impossible situation to be in. Like, the, the success of the first film, you know, what it meant to so many people around the world, and uh, t- to lose such an important man, such an important figure. Yeah, yeah, I and agree. Then to, and then to still nail a sequel. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Man. What they 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 nailed what a, it for sure. What a stud. <laughs> Coogler, man. So shout out Coogler, man. So yeah. all right. Um, not really sure where else to go from here. Let, let's just talk about the movie, I guess. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, everything from the the funeral funeral on. Yeah. I suppose. So people have been asking me like, oh, hey, what do you think? What do you think about Black Panther? My my one thing that I keep coming back to is that uh, they black the Black Panther Wakanda Forever. They decided that they were not going to make a Marvel superhero movie, and they decided that they were going to make a beautiful film. Like this is truly this truly was like cinema. This was it was it was great. The, like the storytelling, the the set pieces, the like everything that had to go along with it, like it was a good film. It wasn't just a Marvel superhero movie. It, yeah. Like I, I feel like this was truly telling a story. It was standalone. You really, you really didn't have to worry about a pop in from like Ant Man or anything like that. Like you, you got a story, and it was it was told per- beautifully by Ryan Coogler, and it it, it truly was fantastic. And I I, I was a hundred percent on board. The characters were great, and I loved it. But yeah, I mean, I I really enjoyed the the, the visuals were great, especially in Talia Khan. Um, like there was a, it was really cool seeing those underwater scenes, and it was you really got to see the um, some really cool stuff there, and there was a lot of great ways of showing the um, the social strife going on as well. You know, you saw a lot of moments where um, kind of there was this pushback by the rest of the world on Wakanda. And like, you know, now that Wakanda had um, kind of 
enter the worldview and, you know, the expectations that the rest of the nations had on them. Um, and you get to see this new superpower come to, come to light, um, that, you know, is kind of, that was hidden and now is coming to, coming to light and could be very powerful in his own right and seeing, you know, the choices that they decided to make and where their decisions decided to kind of come from. And even though they were kind of behind in the sense of like their entrance into the world, they were also kind of ahead in the sense of like, you, you got to see a lot of where um, Shuri was headed in Namor in, in the way that Namor was acting as well. You got to see, like, if she continued down the path that she was going on, that she was going to end up a leader similar to Namor rather than, like, her brother or, like, her grandfather mm -hmm. or, or, like, her father. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like they did a really good job, you know, portraying, you know, the repercussions of, you know, them opening up their borders to the other nations and everything. Yes. And, you know, in this, you know, and with this movie, you get to see, you know, how people are reacting to, you know, Wakanda losing their protector, um, you know, the Black Panther and everything. And now, you know, you see like other nations, you know, taking advantage of that and, you know, going in and like, you know, trying to go in and, you know, take advantage of their resource and vibranium and everything like, and everything like that. But you also see that, you know, they are not ready for those, um, you know, for those resources yet, or the discovery of those resources, or, you know, their technology for those resources, um, aren't, don't even come, you know, nowhere close of, you know, being able to establish in on that. And which it, you know, just goes more into of like why Wakanda needs to protect, you know, the vibranium and everything like that. Yeah. I do think Martin Freeman dropped a very like poignant line apart about three quarters of the way through the movie. And he was like, uh, just talking about how what um, what the United States would be doing if they had the vibranium that Wakanda yeah. had, yep. and it was like kind of a the way they were portraying the U.S. government in this situation was a very like kind of scary like idea of what kind of weapons would they be creating to do potential terrible damage. Yeah, it is interesting what you brought up, Markham, about like you know Wakanda losing its protector because. You know, I, I always kind of imagined that, and this all changed when Chadwick died, but I kind of thought that in the world of the MCU, you know, T'Challa made the big decision to open up the borders, open up communication, to share yep. Wakanda's knowledge and wisdom and resources to some extent with the world. Not that they're just giving out vibranium, but like they, T'Challa opened things up. Uh, and in a real sense, within the MCU, from that moment, not that it was all T'Challa's fault, but from that moment, all these bad things start happening. You know, like Thanos shows up in Wakanda because they brought Vision there. They brought an Infinity Stone to, to Wakanda. <laughs> right, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like all these terrible things happen. Um, and and I, I always kind of figured that Kugler and Feige would probably get into that realm of I think like if man if Chadwick was still alive and T'Challa was still alive we might have seen a movie where um, there was a lot of unrest with within Wakanda for the decisions yeah. that he yeah, made yeah you know and we didn't really get that and that's fine uh, I'm, just, I'm just making a point um, but the truth is like there are ramifications 
Um, there are there are significant ramifications, and I think there's going to be much more to come. Yeah. Uh, although at the same time. I just laugh at the idea of like any country trying anything. <laughs> like right, I exactly. really do. Yeah. Like right. I don't know what they're well, going to need to do to. Well, I mean, right off the rip, the the movie has the the French mercenaries trying to yeah, to steal yeah. uh, Wakanda. You got to imagine those are probably like top guys. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Just dusted. And the, the Dormelage just like yeah, yes. just, Oh man, that was an awesome opening scene. Oh my yeah. goodness, man. Well, and it's kind of like creates a situation where also it, it was such a great use of it was a great way to show power. But like extreme power in a way that they were able to um, negate their abilities without killing them. Like this, they yeah. were able to bring them in, and just march and, them in. Yes, and in basically handcuffs. just un, just completely emasculate them in the sense of just taking away everything they have, but without killing them. Like it was a way of yeah. it's such an extreme power, power that they're showing. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah, Okoye, man, she is just a freaking yes. force, man. She, she is Absolute elite. Force. Just in the entire... You want to talk about someone that... You know, when I, and, I, and I, I watch every Marvel movie, every show, but, like, there's certain characters where, when, to me, when they're on screen and when they're in battle, where I'm just like, I am dialed in. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, you, like, she might be... Like in maybe like top five for me in in terms of like my just engagement like when she's on screen and in battle I'm like I can't look away yeah like yeah. I, that's actually fun I'd actually like to really think about who else would even be close but it's like there's there's an there's an aurora there's just there's just a she's so incredible man yeah, yeah. yeah. and just she's badass well, she's she's she has very similar uh, she has a very similar pull in Walking Dead. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah. You're like, right, right. You know, uh, it's just her character type, you know, and just the, the way that she, the, um, the, the feel that she gives out. And um, so she was just amazing. I think another really, um, an interesting ramification of everything that happened as well was the uh, growth in the character of M'Baku. I feel like a lot of the yeah. things that, I think a lot of the things that, um, Chadwick would ha- would have infused into the role were given to were were drawn out through Mbaku as he became a more uh, level headed um, uh, leader in his, in the way that you, you you saw him he was the one who even though at the beginning he was like oh well the the um the the fish man fish yeah, man like the fish Let's man kill the fish man yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. he was like that but then as he went along he beca- he he developed a more level headed view that I don't think we would have seen as much if Chadwick had you know had, was still in the role and Mbaku even says later on he's like you know T'Challa wanted asked me to give you counsel mm, yes yeah and it was just so interesting because it's like if you just if you just watch the first the first Black Panther on its own. Like you're not just like walking away from it thinking like, oh, if I'm T'Challa, I'm gonna ask Mbaku to give anybody counsel. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, but, I mean, you think about it like they bring it up. Um, Ramanda brings it up, and the fact that the the Jabari tribe was the only tribe that really stood by the royal family, like halfway through Black Panther. You know, all the other tribes were. Um, you know, whether it was the right thing or the wrong thing to actually do in the political sense, we're behind Killmonger. He won that fight fair. Yeah. Like, I I will, like, (laughs) I mean, I mean, that's what I'm saying is like, you know, politically it was that way, but the Jabari tribe were willing to, uh, were still willing to 
high them, give them, um, you know, help when they needed it the mm-hmm. most. Mm-hmm. And you see, so it makes sense in my mind that way that, you know, Ch- uh, T'Challa would have yeah. would potentially seen M'Baku as potentially his closest, you know, ally outside of his immediate family. Yeah, it's cool seeing like the Jabari at the council meetings. You yeah. Know? Yes. Yeah. Like, how cool is that? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Especially the when Mbaku, we first see him enter in when he's like gnawing on the carrot, man. Yes. Just, yeah. <laughs> was that a carrot? It, yeah, it was like a purple carrot. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, what kind of carrot? That's what. Yeah. yeah sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, let me think. Uh, so there's so many different ways we can go. I want to. I want to get to Namor later. Okay. Make you wait a little bit. Dude, yeah. Make you wait. That's fine. Uh, let's talk about Shuri. Okay. Yes. Um, yes. Maybe we can talk about different characters to some extent before yeah. we even get into the full breakdown of the way the plot goes. Um, Shuri is obviously having a remarkably difficult time. You could feel the struggle, man. Yes. You really could, man. Letitia Wright did a fantastic job in this role. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, I really thought, and I was drawn to, um, her pain. I, I like it, it, it was real. You could tell it was there. And uh, the character, her doubts in her like ancestors and her lineage yep. and all yeah. that stuff, like tradition, I mean, tradition, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, tradition. Like you, I mean, it, it's a hundred percent relatable. Like she's she's going through a difficult time, yeah, and she's, she's she's gone like like full atheist. It sounded like I almost, mean, yeah, right? uh, like, yeah, to some extent for the most part. Yeah, it it, it was that way. And uh, talking to her mom, and yeah, yeah. and uh, but like her mom is there to kind of you know kind of. Give her the the words of wisdom and advice to try to keep her on the quote unquote right track, right? Yeah. But uh, just the conclusion that she comes to, um, and the reason why she makes her decisions, uh, leading up to like right before she decides to be just that kind of thing, you're on board with it. You're like, it's true. You're it's true. Like the way that things played out, you need to get that vengeance, that kind of stuff. Like, but mm-hmm. I don't know. But you're along the you're along the ride with her and the struggle with her. And when she does come to the conclusion that she is going to be just and noble, like her brother, it, it, it means a whole lot more because of what T'Challa, Chadwick Boseman brought to that character. Yeah, no, that's good. And I just thought it, it was impressive. I mean, I feel like the, the whole movie, you know, she's, uh, she wants to, she wants to rescue Riri. Like they, they learn that this scientist is a 19 year old college student. Um, she wants to rescue her. She wants to bring her to Wakanda. When they're captured on that bridge, you know, and again, we'll get into some of the plot and action later, but, you know, she says, take me to, you know, um, to Namor, like take us, you know, um, and she tried everything she could to like have a peaceful alliance, but I mean, Namor was just wrathful. (laughs) So again, we'll get there, but, uh, just focusing on Shuri now, um, yeah, I thought it was a great performance, and um, yeah, man, I don't know any other thoughts, on Shuri. I think they did. I think she did a great job of dealing of showing that of her dealing with the loss and the um, the not only the loss of her brother but also her lost nature. Like she was uh, like everything about her. She was so fun loving and so like you know in the first movie, but she had such a like bad turn of events that caused her to be just so much more critical of life in general, um, in the, in this second movie. And I feel like she did an amazing job at like 
conveying that and, you know, dealing with that inner struggle as she was going along. So I, I do think she did a great job at showing that, that kind of stuff going on. Yeah. yeah I agree. And like, just, the, just with the heaviness of her character and everything, like, it's not just, you know, uh, you know, a portrayal of a character. Like these are thoughts and feelings that she was actually feeling as a, you know, as an actress, you know, losing a close friend of, you know, being on scene and everything. And I feel like they did a really good job portraying that with, you know, flashback scenes and stuff like that throughout the series. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, for the majority of the movie, this is a battle, you know, between her, um, you know, her grief, you know, losing her brother, her grief, you know, with, or not necessarily grief, but just like disbelief, you know, in the afterlife and yeah. everything like that, yeah. which is a super, um, a super strong, you know, um, belief you know with just with this culture and everything because you know you know funerals are a celebration for them you yeah. know they they you know they know that death is in the end you know chadwick even says that um you know in the first or uh in civil war yeah civil war yeah um and you know siri is struggling you know to believe all of this and you know in her mind like she feels like she's the only one because you know she's so you know devoted to you know the technology and everything yeah. of wakanda and so She's not only is she dealing with this grief, but like she's half, you know, she's having to go through, you know, feelings of, you know, not being able to ever see her brother again because yeah. she doesn't believe in the ancestral plane or, you know, not being able to, you know, fulfill, you know, his legacy and all that kind of stuff because yeah. she doesn't believe in the rituals and stuff like that. So, um, it, it, it just does a really good job, you know, g just pulling you in, you know, with her grief and everything. Um, you know, I loved every second of it. Mm. Well said, man. Yeah. Even down to like the, it was it was also interesting the fact that she was unwilling to burn the ceremonial like oh, yeah, garb, yeah. and it kind right. of like shows her like the way that she feels about it in the sense that if you truly didn't believe that it meant something, you just be like whatever and throw it in the fire, like make your mom happy type of situation. But I think she kind of felt like she was she was so lost and like she wasn't sure. It, it shows some. So she was so unsure about what it actually meant and she was un so unwilling to like in a, in her mind she may still have believed in some ways to where she wasn't ready to let go of that possibility you know like the the idea of him being his garb still being around was kind of comforting in a way for her because it kind of meant that he wasn't like gone in a way so it, I think that was part of it too. She was just so much struggling about everything in her existence at this point in time. Yeah. And I wouldn't even say that, you know, she was trying to, you know, hold on to his existence, but I feel like she was trying to hold herself back from, you know, giving into, you know, revenge or vengefulness and stuff like that. Um, and just like the portrayal of this movie, um, you know, with, you know, Namor's culture and everything, you know, being so close to water and then, you know, the Wakandas and everything, you know, being so close to fire, you know, even shows that, you know, through Killmonger, you know, burning the herb and stuff like that. Um, you know, fire plays a big part and, you know, it's a Siri, like if she were, you know, to give into that, um, you know, you know, burning the garments and everything, she wasn't sure that she could control herself from not, you know, burning the rest of the world where she even says that. Yeah. So, you know, I feel like she's trying not trying to hold on to her brother's existence but trying not to take you know her revenge out on innocent people 
which is exactly what, you know, Namor is trying to do with the surface world. Yeah. And I feel like that is the balance, you know, that she's having to struggle with, you know, throughout the movie and everything of, you know, is she going to be more like her brother or is she going to, you know, give in, you know, to the revenge and vengefulness like Namor did? Yeah. And I think part, part of the reason why she was so hard, like hard on about, um, saving Riri was the fact that that was in a way of her, like, kind of proving to herself that she can, that she was worthy of not burning down the world in a way. Like she right. saw her being able to save her as being able to save herself in a lot of ways um, from the, from the vengeance and the revenge that was kind of eating her up. And, you know, the idea of being able to save this person that this other person was getting out their revenge on in a lot of ways um, was her way of, trying to show that she was, you know, worthy, that she was, you know, able to get over her own issues. Yep. Well, tell me if you guys agree with this or not. I mean, because for me, it's clear that, you know, everything with, with T'Challa, she is, she's doubting the, the tradition. She's doubting the ancestral plane. She's, den- she's in denial in a sense. She doesn't want to deal with the death of her brother. Um, and, and I, and, but I feel like the tipping point is gotta be when her mom dies, when Ramona dies. Oh yes, for sure. Because yeah. I think that's when like, like if, if she would have recreated the heart shape herb earlier, she, you know, t- to save T'Challa, like she would have had hope, right? Yeah. She loses all hope. And then even, you know, in the film, like, um, Ramana is asking her about the heart shape herb, and she's like, you know, we don't need that anymore. Right, correct. Right, yeah. like she's just over it. And then when she finally creates it, um, which was a cool scene, which I guess very, we can get to here soon. Cool um, when she finally recreates it, it's like at that point, man, she was gone. Yeah, like in her head, like her head is gone. Like she's so angry, she's yeah. so miserable. Um, that it makes so much sense who she saw when she got to the (laughs) ancestral plane. You know what I'm saying? Right, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we can just get there, I guess. Sure, why not? All right. (laughs) How amazing was it to see Killmonger? My goodness. Like, I I was hoping and wishing that we would see more of Killmonger, but I was just like, after the events of of the first Black Panther, I was like, there's no way. Like, he's dead. He's got to be dead. Yeah. But to see the reveal, like, her creeping up in the ancestral plane behind the throne... And then coming around the corner and to only be greeted by like sup cuz the like, way he's sitting yeah. too yeah oh my mm-hmm. gosh man. the way he's sitting just like not like even really res- like and, respecting the throne right correct yeah. yeah and like I feel like the statement I'm about to make is 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 a hundred percent true and if I, if I'm wrong tell me okay but Michael B Jordan is probably the coolest guy in in the world right now like I feel like <laughs> this dude is absolutely like yes. the essence of cool like you're wrong um, <laughs> you're absolutely no I'm just kidding man Michael like B. as soon as you come around the corner Johnny Blaze and you see and you see him right and he is there sitting just chilling on the on the throne man and the conversation that he has the the aggressiveness in his nature and he's aggressive but truth truthful at the same time yeah because she, he, I mean, the, the line he drops of like, do you want to be noble like your brother or do you want to get sh- done like me? Like, like do you want to yeah. get it done? Yeah. He is 100% like playing into what she wanted at the time. Like yeah. when she took the, 
the heart-shaped herb. Like, she knew exactly. That was her mental state. Her mental yeah. state was that. And that's why he appeared to her. That was her spiritual yeah. state. Yeah. Yes. Like, yeah. And she wanted to make things happen. She did not want to just sit around and try to hope for peace, like that kind of thing. Like, she was going to get it done. And it was... It was it was amazing to see their interaction and just to see him on screen again. And I, why does he have to be dead? Like why why yeah. can't he be in the MCU? Right yeah, now? it's funny how we get yeah. mad at Marvel when they don't kill off people, yeah. right? Yeah, because there's no yeah. stakes. And then yep. when they kill someone off that we don't want them to kill off, we're like mad at them still. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Never win. Never yeah. win. It, yeah. I mean, but they did the best that they could. They kept him dead, which kept all the gravity of what happened in the first movie. But you still got to see him, so that was awesome. And like I, I think it was um, when when he was there, you, you it he understood that the only reason that he was there was because she wanted him there in a way. Yeah. Um. So I, I think it was very, you know, he he knew that he could push her buttons and try to push her. Um. One like crazy idea I had that might have happened would have been like, maybe she came out and she was like, "This isn't for me." Like I was kind of wondering if like she was gonna just. Like she was, she knew she needed to pull away. She was so close to the, all this power of being the Black Panther, and she saw what her cousin was that she might. I, I was thinking when she pulled out that she was actually going to be like, "I can't do this. Like I can't be the Black Panther because of what is inside me." And I was thinking maybe she would, you know, pass the mantle on to like Nakia or something like that. Since she was right there, she's like, "You're going to have to do this instead," and like have her um go in and you know potentially do that i was wondering if that might that that might play out yeah Yeah. Uh, i mean even though she didn't do that she kind of did it in a sense as far as like a change of heart and you even see that you know after she gets done you know speaking with killmonger and getting back and you know you know the creation of her suit which her suit was fantastic it even showed like you know references to you know obviously you know chow uh, Boseman and everything with the Black Panther, but also it had the gold in it from Killmonger. Killmonger. Yeah. Yes. And, very, yeah, very and then, like, it even, like, you know, well, once even it... her decision-making, choosing the helmet. Like, she, yes. Yeah. She had the choice to choose Chadwick's style, but, like, she went with Killmonger. Yes. Like, yeah. With yeah. her own spin on it, with the, you know, ancestral, you know, dots and everything like that that she had during the funeral, you know, of her brother and everything that she yeah. had on the helmet. Very good. Which very I thought good. was really, really, yeah. really cool. Very good touch. Man, it was incredible. So... Um, and then how about this too, for sure. like, you know, they, uh, they evacuate the city and everybody goes up to Jabari land. Did I say that right? Jabari land? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I said that it's right. Jab- I mean, we all knew what you meant. It's the Jabari people. I don't think it's Jabari land though. Like I, I, I could have sworn Mbaku said that. I, it, it's the territory of Jabari. Like that's, yeah. I'm going to go look. I go think ahead, I'm please, right. Please, and if please. I'm wrong, I'm sorry if someone's listening and I'm yeah. wrong, but yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what he said. But anyways, um, you know, they're up there and they're having their council up there and, uh, you know, Shuri just drops in. Oh, yeah. Shuri drops in yeah. fully in the Black Panther. Yeah. And um, an immediate arm wrestling match with Mbappé. Well, and I think I think the significance of that was to, to, to really prove, like, does she have the power... Of the Black Panther. Of the Black Panther. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, like, why are you wearing does. this? That kind of thing. Because right? yeah, yeah. if not, let's be honest, Mbappé yeah. would just, you know, totally crush her Decimate. in that arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But but yeah, but Mbaku's reaction to yes. knowing and realizing that she has that, yes. that power was amazing. And the crowd and the audience, yes. our audience was losing its mind. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, I think that was just like another awesome like I felt like the growth of Mbaku's character was like a underlying thing that was so cool in the in the entire movie. Like I felt like yeah. he he grew so much as a character 
under the surface as all this other stuff was happening. And he became so much more a leader throughout the movie. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like even in that scene, he was, he wasn't even like testing her. He was showing everybody else. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that was the reason for it. Like he knew that he had to show that she was the black Panther, that she was in control. Yeah. So it wasn't even so much about, you know, strength and strength. It was all the leaders were there. All the people were there. They needed to see that she was this, that she could be this, this strong leader to guide their people to the next stage. Yeah. He, he played a, a role kind of, of like a big brother. Yes. Um, he was, mm-hmm. he was, he gave counsel yes. um, and he was able to be there for her and lift her up. And like, especially um, the funeral of, of her mother um, in, at the end, like when he's having that conversation one-on-one with her and uh, she, uh, or he, she says like, Oh, you're talking to somebody who like, like the, doesn't believe in traditions and all that kind of stuff. Right. But he's like, you've gone a little girl. Right. She says, I'm a little girl. Like that kind of thing. Right. He's like, you're, you've gone through too much to be a little girl anymore. Like you're not like that. That's something like like a brother would say like that. that He would be like, listen, I'm in here. I'm here with you and I can see that you're dealing with stuff and you're, you're not that child anymore. You are, you are, you're, you're more than that. And, and yeah, it was a, it was a very good to see their relationship kind of just grow and build kind of, Based on what we were told in the movie, uh, what Chadwick saw that kind of role building for him, and yeah. it, it was good to see that play out. Okay, uh, there's more to talk about Shuri, but I think we'll pause on it because the rest of the Shuri development really comes in the the battle scene at the end. Yeah, um, and even even with Mbaku, like you know, he didn't agree with her. No, no. But no, then no, she no. said, "No, but you're still going to help me," and. Like, even in that moment, like, when they go on that mission, she's still not in a good spot. She's no, not. No, 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 no. Um, so, you know, it's a lot happens in that, when they're on the desert shore, <laughs> wherever they're at. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Uh, I think it's time to talk about Namor. Please. Yep. Yes. Uh, please. So, Justin, just, just to set you up here, I'm going to say one thing real quick. Sure, please. We don't see Namor, um, when, that, when, when they attack the... The people Ship. that are searching for vibranium. Do, yeah. do we see him then? I don't think we uh, do. We see him. You, I mean, he throws the helicopter around, but oh, you don't. You don't yeah, you that's see right. like an outline. Yeah. Yeah, that's you right. Don't, yeah, you're not up, yeah, you're up right. close silhouette. Yeah, yes. that's right. Okay. Uh, but we get introduced to him when um, Shuri and Ramana are on like the uh, the shore yeah. of yeah. a little lake there. Um, man, Justin, I'll, I'll let you just take it away for a little bit. <laughs> so, man, I can't... For me, he st- he stole the movie. He stole he stole he stole everything. Every scene he was in, like he stole. And uh, Namor, uh, as yes. as as it, he claimed to be, which I mean, everybody calls him Namor, but but like Namor, like yes. the, the meaning behind his name, like the the one with no love, like it, yes, it makes a hundred percent sense as far as like where his mindset was as being the quote unquote villain of this movie. But the fact that he was there as the, the 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 powerhouse. He was the powerhouse of the entire movie for two hours and twenty minutes. He had Wakanda under his thumb. He had Wakanda not looking like a superpower. Wakanda, for the most part, by the end of the first Black Panther movie, they were the superpower in in the world. They were the ones who had the resources to give to the world, the resources, the knowledge, and stuff to give. And here comes Namor, and here he is. <laughs> 
like with his up up like has Ramonda like against like her throat, and he is, we will come back and kill you, that kind of thing, right? But yeah. the performance that Tenoch Huerta gives, man, as as Namor is phenomenal, man. Like he, I, I may be biased, right? Like as 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 a Mexican, as as seeing somebody who is portraying a a, a Mexican figure in the Yucatan, right? Like it's uh, as the, the Mayans, right? Uh, even though my my background is more Aztec than Mayan, but uh, regardless, that that the fact that he is he is Mexican, and we get to see that lineage, we get to see that background, and it is it it is awesome to see that type of culture being portrayed. Even even when he takes her to Talacan, like, and you see like the whole reveal, the music that's playing, like it's in Spanish and it's, yeah. and it's, it's awesome. Like the whole scenery is awesome. And, uh, any interaction with the, them under the water. Uh, let me just take a minute as a DC fan to say that Marvel destroys underwater sequences compared to what the heck they did in Aquaman. Like, it like it is the the underwater scenes and like the the, the capital city of mm-hmm. of Talacan. It is it is beautiful. Like the, the the CGI is fantastic. The the app absolute interaction with the people underwater. Like you can feel like you're underwater. Whereas whatever the heck the the bubble was that went around them in in, in Aquaman in in DC. Like Marvel did it ten times better. And and it, it hurts me to say that, but it's true. Marvel did it better. And respectfully so, because I mean, technically, you know, Namor came out before Aquaman. Yes, going back correct. To comics and yeah, everything. absolutely. Yeah, I agree. But um, his performance was gripping. Um, his interactions with Angela Bassett was just like it was like Juggernaut versus Juggernaut. Like yeah. the dialogue that they had and they shared was phenomenal. And uh, especially like when they she used the shell to kind of call him to her Dude, to her. Yes, this scene. Uh, yeah, on the shore. Oh yeah, yeah, on the shore. And he is like when he comes out of the water. And like uh, he's 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 walking close to her. He flips his hair back, and he comes up to her. And that, the fact that he is like up in her face, and he is so close and personal with her, and the threats and the well, pause right there real quick yeah. because she makes a threat to him. She does, and then and this is again one of my favorite <laughs> audience moments from last night. I don't know if you caught it, but when she says that you know uh, we're gonna you know we'll tell the Americans that you exist. He doesn't immediately respond. Instead, he has the most menacing, mm-hmm. slow trot to like towards her. Towards her, yeah. He walks. Takes, he, yeah, he comes close. He comes close. Gets gets at like one two o'clock, right? And mm-hmm. and says, "You won't tell the Americans anything." Yeah, like dude, I'm that, telling you, they but, had Wakanda under his but, thumb. But here's the thing: but the audience was like, "Where?" When he was even before he said a word, you could see in his face. And when he was walking slowly, the people behind me were. They said. Ooh, like they were, they were, they were, they knew what was about Mm -hmm. to come, the threat. So man, dude, just gripping, gripping on so many different levels. Like just his dialogue and his performance was just, for me, was just incredible. And if, if I'm wrong and I'm being too overly biased, please, somebody like chime in and tell me I'm wrong. But like, I feel like he delivered like one of the most perfect performances that I've seen in a long time as far as a Marvel villain, villain goes. Like it was, it was absolutely insane what he was able to accomplish. Yeah. Like he literally made Wakanda feel like they were insignificant. Like that's how, that's how, that's how crazy it was. Well, I, well, I think, I think one of the coolest things is just the fact that you got to see the, the world of 
that is normally like powerful, like the UN and all this stuff, just basically be this third wheel that's always trying to catch <laughs> up right. to yeah. these two superpowers. Like it was just really cool seeing this situation where you have the Wakandans and the and the people from Telecon that were like so powerful and so like they that the that the Americans were always just trying to chase down these people. Like they, it, it was always a you know, they were always at a disadvantage in every moment that they were in combat or trying to search for, for the, for whoever they were looking for. Yeah. And the other thing is like, this is the first time that Wakanda, you know, saw a different light. Um, and whenever I say that, I mean, it's like they thought, you know, for the longest time, like I'm talking about like years and years and years, you know, they thought that they were, you know, a chosen people as far as the miners yeah. of vibranium. Yeah. And now, like, it's come to light that, you know, there's another race underwater, uh, underwater, mind you, that, you know, also has vibranium and also, you know, has, you know, similar traditions as, you know, they do. And th their whole world changed. Yeah. Yeah. Their whole world changed because all of their beliefs and everything, you know, prior, you know, they thought, you know, they were the only ones with vibranium. Yeah. They even said that, you know, whenever, um, you know, Namor came to light and everything and they had vibranium, they thought it was impossible. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I, I love the I love the line when he comes out and he's like talking about vibranium and remind us like that's it. Like he's basically saying she, that's impossible. And then sure, he's just like. She's mom. He's covered she, in yeah, it. Yeah, he's covered in it. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, he, and it was interesting because it was almost like saying, she was basically saying, "Mom, you're blinded. Mm -hmm. Like, you're not seeing straight." You know, in this moment, because it's so obvious, he's just covered in mm -hmm. this stuff. How are you not seeing what is going on right, right. now? What's in front of you? You know, me. it was kind of like the idea that um, you're seeing. Sure, in that moment was. The open-eyed ideas of Wakanda and Ramonda was the closed-eyed view that they used to have of them having – that they were these chosen people that, right, yeah. you know, that they were the only ones who had vibranium. And she was unwilling to even – when it was literally smacking her in the face – that she was unwilling to see the vibranium that was right in front of her. Mm. Yeah, and I have different, I have different speculations on how they acquired, you know, the vibranium and everything. And bear with me on this, all right. But I think the vibranium came from, like, different debris from like wreckage and stuff like that from the very first Secret Wars, and mm. that wreckage and everything went through different timelines, landed in different areas. You know, one, you know, one debris meteorite, if you call it, landed in Wakanda. The other one landed in the ocean, which makes sense because, you know, the world is what, like 90% water, like 70% water, something like that. Okay. And with that, you know, different nations or, you know, ancient nations and stuff like that was able to jump on that, you know, debris and require its material and stuff like that. Well, and I feel like that is going to be a tie-in, you know, to King the Conqueror and his dynasty and everything like that that we're going to learn more about in Ant-Man and Quantumania mm -hmm. and everything like that. Well, the interesting thing also about what the um, the Yucatan one is, of course, because if it was a meteor or whatever maybe debris it was, I mean, it is relatively well-known that the meteor that struck the Yucatan is generally the one that is considered to have wiped out the dinosaurs correct so like is that also like are they saying that this debris if it is debris or whatever it may have been of 
vibranium was the thing that wiped out the dinosaurs, you know? Right. So yeah. that, that play puts a interesting like mm. way to connect real world to the MCU and it make like mm. sense, you know? Correct. And, so, who's, and who's to say like not an eternal or something like that, like through the meteorite, mm. you know, or something like that, that caused, you know, the yeah. extinction of the dinosaurs yeah. or something like that. Or it could have been debris from like, you know, some large megastructure spacecraft or something I mean, yeah. like well, that. I mean, yeah, like it, it, the MCU could like tweak the idea of Correct. like, was it really a meteor or was it debris or, you know, whatever it may have been. But the idea of it connecting with, you know, that specific area where they chose to make that meteor strike fits in so well with the real world idea of it smashing into the Yucatan right. and the extinction of the dinosaurs. So something else that kind of makes sense is when it's revealed that uh, Namor is a mutant. So he, yes. he, he ages he yes. ages differently and he's been around for 500 years and uh, he's he was there at like uh, I he was born into a world of where uh, it's like a hybrid of like like Humans took the 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 drink of the of the flower that was yeah. found on the vibranium, and uh, like they had to the humans that took it had to go to the water, right? But mm -hmm. he was a product of both, right? So he was born a mutant, and he he literally says it. He's been around for five hundred years, right? Um, so he sees humanity for what it is, right? He's he's experienced it for what like the all the ugliness of humanity, yeah. and so therefore when he says the line to Shuri, like, um, you're just like me. You want to watch the world burn. Like, let's do it together. That kind of yeah. thing. Like, why not? Right? Like, from from what they both experienced and what we as the audience are seeing them unfold, like, like what's going on between them, like, why would you not back the fact that, like, make the world burn? Like, you've you've been wronged. You've been, you've been uh, oppressed. You've been uh, forced into hiding. Like, that kind of stuff. Like, why would why would we not as an audience like uh, like relate to that? But in, yeah. in all actuality, the 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 Black Panther mantle that Chadwick Boseman established was, was something more than that. It was it was it, it was something that would build and lift up humanity. Yeah, and we see that the conflict. Namor, there. Namor, and and Killmonger would get along great. I think I think you're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they would. They had and, literally the same worldview. Yeah, I'm, and it wasn't necessarily wrong, but it it was it was. It, what if season different two, perspective? Yes, yes. Killmonger, Killmonger, running, running Wakanda meets up with Namor, yeah, and they take over cool. the world. That'd be really cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they really yeah. could. I'm just, I'm just happy of the fact that they, you know, were able to drop the word mutant. Yes. You know, in this movie, <laughs> oh, which yeah. is yeah, like, so how'd that strike you, man? Well, it was one of the many flexes. I feel like they pulled in this movie <laughs> uh, yeah. as far as like just Disney yeah. and what they own now. You know, because you know, for years, like they weren't able. Can't say that word. Yeah, yeah. they can't say that word because Fox mm -hmm. owned the rights. Yep. But then, like you know, when um, Ironheart and everything, you know, dropped the lines of mm. three major movies. You know, Beauty and the Beast, uh, Leia. Oh um, yeah, that's right. And then I can't, I can't remember the other one. But when she was making references, like it just, mm. it was just another flex of like what Disney owns. Yeah. yeah. As far as like you know, copyrights and stuff like that. Correct. So, so the, the the mutant thing, and I don't know how you, how y'all took it. I, I think I mentioned this to you maybe Justin last night when we were driving back, or maybe maybe said to someone else. But when when Namor says that too, you know, I was born a mutant or whatever he said. The way he said the word mutant, it almost felt like. To me, it's it sounded like he knows that that's more than just like he was 
had a mutated gene. Like yeah. he, he almost, he said it in a way that to me, it's like, he knows that there's, there's more others like that. There's yeah. others. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if you guys thought that, but, or if I'm just reading too much into yeah, it. Well, I, I gathered it as like, he's been around a long time and he has kind of deduced and figured out that yes, like he yeah. is a mutant and this thing does happen to people and he's seen other things like it, but we just, as the audience haven't gotten there yet in the MCU, but yeah, I mean, when you're around for 500 years, like you're going to see things, you're going to experience things. And he, he's most likely speaking the truth. Like he's most likely because he's experienced it. Like that's, yeah. that's you, you have to assume that yes, he knows exactly what he's talking about when he says mutants. Yeah, I mean, it definitely sounds like, at the very least, they definitely wanted that line to hold weight, you know? Um, and it might just be the fact that Disney and Marvel just can't hold back their giddiness at the fact that they can say it now, and they just keep on, they just can't stop drop not dropping hints here and there about mm-hmm. mutants and mutated genes and stingers and you know, of, uh, like songs and stuff like that, that they're just, they just, they, they want us to know that the X-Men are on the horizon. I was about to say that. Yeah. Yeah. And again, for me, I still stand by like, I think we could get through the entire phase five and phase six, everything within, with, uh, secret wars and all that. And still not even, I would love if all the X-Men stuff came after. Yeah. Like, you know, certainly meeting a couple mutants here and there. But yeah. in terms of getting like a true X-Men movie or storyline, that could be its own multi-phase mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know, so, its own saga. Well, it's, fu- it's funny you mentioned like the, the phases, right? Like, because technically uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, it signifies the close of phase four, right? But we also, you also, T-Roll, mentioned at the beginning of this podcast that uh, this is uh, Marvel, like literally throwing their weight around, saying like we are, we are the giant, the juggernaut of of this the movie industry. When Ramonda says to her, to Shuri, "Show them who you are." Yes, it's, it's Marvel showing everybody who yeah, they are. Because really, they technically, are. Phase Four as a, as an overall whole was, has not really been the greatest. Like yeah, you're considering was, the shows and some of the cheesiness of some of the movies that they we got, yeah. like this right here. Is the stamp, the seal, the whatever that Marvel knows what the heck they are doing, yeah. and they can build this world of, of, of weight and seriousness and emotions, and yeah. Yeah. they they have yeah. the control. Did you hear to that, Ryan? That. Yeah, yeah, Ryan, you hear that? Yeah, Marvel's back. Yes, that's what this was. I'm just gonna say this, man. If Angela Bassett doesn't win like a Grammy oh or something for this performance, yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, Oscar, you mean? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll Grammy. take a Grammy too, though. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, honestly, the soundtrack will win a Grammy. It will. Like, yeah. it, it was fantastic. Like her performance was so so compelling. Like yeah. through like yeah. through this movie and everything. Like like she put in like real heart and grit. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, the speech, man. The speech she. Well, gives I was gonna say, let's talk about her. We haven't yeah. really focused on. We her have yet. not. Yeah. The speech she gives in the throne room when she's like denouncing Okoye, like which was yeah. a hard scene to yes. watch because was Okoye scene. is like elite, elite. Like she's fantastic. Yeah, like you're just which, seeing like yeah. I thought it was yeah. stupid. Yeah. By the way, you, what that whole scene? Well, I mean, yeah, not that look, it was a look, bad scene. Look at it, it through her, look at it through her eyes though. Yeah. Like Ramonda is like she's like like I lost my son, I lost my husband, and you had one job. Your one job was to protect my daughter. I the, the daughter that I did not want to bring into the field. The daughter that I did not want 
to experience the world in her state. Like you had one job and it was a protector and you lost her. Not only did you lose I her. I think she's blinded, bro. We were, you mentioned earlier that she was blinded. I think, I think the truth is Ramonda was seriously blinded. She could not accept the fact that Wakanda was not the strongest people, the strongest country in the world, the sh- yeah. you know? And, and she couldn't accept it. Yeah, and it's like, like they weren't the chosen ones. And yeah. it's like, okay, Okoye is your best warrior. And right now you are under attack. And you're gonna you're gonna kick her out. I mean, get out of here. Yeah, yeah. I do think it, it was it, it is it is hard because you're right about some of the stuff about her being blinded, but she brought up some good points in that as well. That correct. I, that made it hard to be like if you're really thinking about it from her perspective about like what once again like you were saying, Justin, she lost her son. Mm-hmm. She lost her uh, technically. Her husband yeah, was kind right. of under their like yeah. protection, probably but, but as well. Then, but then she throws in Killmonger and how she how she was See, pledged loyalty to Killmonger just because of her her sense of duty and not the not to the family, uh, like she yeah, but to Wakanda. Yeah, but to Wakanda, but like under the mantle of Eric Eric Killmonger. Like that's that's. See, here's my thing. I think Angela Bassett did great. I think Ramonda showed a ton of weakness in this movie. Hmm. I really do. Wow. That's I mean a, that. That's a, I think she was bold, flawed. That's a bold statement. I think she was very flawed. No, I, I don't think she, I don't think necessarily she was flawed. I think but she's I think, flawed. I think the blinded was is, totally is, blinded. is real. Yeah. And uh, but and it's like if you can't get over yourself that the freaking king's guard is gonna stand by <laughs> the king, whoever the king is, then you're the problem. It's, you know, yeah, you lost your whole family, but it's like Killmonger won the throne. And they had to be loyal to him, like right. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> get over yourself. Wow. Sorry. Wow. I mean, but you have to also think about from her side, like if you're being then hunted down. Not to basically. mention that Killmonger is a result of her husband's flawed nature and leadership too. So she needs to get off her high horse, bro. Yeah, that's Sorry a very, that's it. a that's yeah. a very valid. So it's statement. like yeah. you're you're all oh man, dude. I, I will admit she was. She was blinded, and she had she put her people and her family and everything about her on this pedestal of that they were this perfect country that they did not have any issues that there was nothing inside them that they they, they were all in lockstep with each other and that obviously was not true but I I will understand that she does have some like decent points about like there were some failures to her to her family that happened throughout as well. Mm. Yeah. Like, yeah. like that's like a Koye's fault. I mean, in the idea of the fact that the way they were acting, like, I mean, I would, I would even say that you know, with the Koye and everything, like, not even you know, Ramonda, but like the entire nation of Wakanda was blinded to the fact that you know there was another nation out there that was going to be more powerful or on the same level, or as, you know, strategic as they were. I mean, even now, okay, so just think about the security facts. Even after Namor got in, they they were so adamant about the fact that, no, we'll fix these holes. They'll never get back in. Like, that there was... An, pride. That there was an, yes, it was an overarching pride that also bled into... It wasn't just with that, but it was also their secure... The person who... She's the head of their military. And they were so adamant that no one would ever get back in again. Who's the head of the military? Okoye. No, she's she's the head of the King's Guard, not the military. 
She is their general. She is the she is the she is the leader of their the, militaries as well. Is that true? I, I thought yeah, it was just. The, I, I got yeah. I, I thought that the Dora Milaje was just like to for the like protecting the king, not necessarily the military. No, I think she I, has a significantly higher position than that. Yeah, I took it as that too. Yeah, Sam. Yeah. Dude, well, Okoye, she's elite. Why would she not command the, the whole? The point yeah, is, man. you're literally like r- like getting rid of your strongest yeah. warrior right now. Yeah, no, the timing, the timing didn't. She's didn't prideful, line up. bro. Yeah, yeah. Yes, you're right. Ramanda's you're, prideful, you're right. and she and she showed a lot of mm. she showed a lot of weakness and insecurity. It's mm. just, a, I mean, I'm yeah. sorry if you guys disagree, but like, yeah. Well, okay, I 100% agree that she had weaknesses and that she was prideful and that she was blinded in those moments. But there were things that were also on uh, that she said that were valid, truthful valid, and valid yeah. in those I, in that moment. I think the biggest issue was that she wasn't willing to accept. Fault. Yeah, I think for, that. Yeah, for what was, yeah, yeah, yeah. For what, for what <laughs> was arrogance. going on. Correct. You're totally right. Yeah. And yeah. you know, she she still wanted you know her nation to thrive and to be a perfect nation, but like she there there was too much going on you know with her family that was getting in the way of you know her leadership and mm-hmm. and in a sense you know it was you know creating an alternate state you know of her leadership and everything where you could you know, dispute if she was putting Wakanda first or her family first. Mm. Which that kind of played out in uh, when when uh, Shuri was in the ancestral plane talking to Killmonger where he was, she, he was like, he made the statement like, if it wasn't for your, your brother, like Wakanda would have probably killed Riri like because of uh, her exposure to like, well, her fa- I think it was her father. father. Yeah, her father, her father, her father would, would have. have. Yeah. And uh, which... To be honest with you, I mean, like Killmonger made a really good yeah. point there because um, he was he was just like Wakanda. Wakanda was not is not all cracked up like uh, it cracked out to you like what, what they, it is. they were yeah. a very isolationist country that was very them first. Yes, if they felt like a, yeah. if they felt like they could do something that would secure their safety, they were okay with throwing a, another person, another country. Um, uh, under the bus. Yeah, all at the, all at the cost yeah. of protecting your your people. Correct. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. the greater good, I guess I would I, you would yeah. say. But uh, but yeah, man. Gosh, it was so so much going on in this movie. Um, I mean, it was it was a fantastic movie. It, it really was. Okay, so there's still more. Um, <laughs> as we, yeah, as we uh, creep later. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. It's a big movie. We can do it a longer is. review. Absolutely. So, um, the actual. The actual ending fight scene, like the big battle. Okay, first of all, <laughs> it's just, to me, it's like, I understand you have to draw them out of the water, but there's also like, you're really just going to go like on the ocean on a boat? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. They they would, that just would, seemed like such yeah. a questionable I don't know. Maybe. That was they a would. terrible decision in my yeah. mind. Yeah, I was like, okay, I, 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 I got <laughs> the idea of drawing them out. But if you're gonna, if they're in such a like want to do this situation, like draw them into a situation where you have the upper hand. Yes. So but, I felt like they thought they had the upper hand, but I mean, but that that whole situation to me it made the most sense, and the reason I say that is because like what what you know enemy would think that they would come to their you know their home turf you know to fight them. Yeah. And I feel like they went into that you know that battle prepared for the fact that you know they were on their home turf that's the whole reason why you know they had that um you know sonic disruptor or whatever in the water and while they had a plan you know to get you know namor um 
you know, up in, you know, a ship and get dehydrated where he lost his power. Yeah. So you mentioned the plan. Like, it seems like, yeah, okay, we get him in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. Like, that's in their turf, right? But if you think about it, like, they mentioned, like, getting him, getting him isolated, right? They mentioned getting him uh, dried out, right? But so they got him in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, but, like, close enough to an island to where they knew that the conditions there were uh, going to lead to uh, a better chance of defeating Namor, right? Like once they figured out that he's absorbing the oxygen from the air and the sea, and therefore it's making him more powerful than he he should be, right? That kind of thing. And so they were able to use that and uh, isolate him on, on the island where they have their awesome fight scene where she gets stabbed through the gut, which I don't like. They completely dude, disregarded I, that. Dude, completely. dude. Yeah. She, sh- yeah, she should be dead. Yeah. She should <laughs> like, be, yeah, she should be dead or at least like hospitalized or something yeah. like that. Right. Dude, she took I think a it was vibranium this. spear to the gut. Yeah. There's, there's a few things in this movie that, um, I was not so high on and, yeah, and, 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 sure. that, and that was one of them, but, also, there was some CGI in the in this that I was that not was wonky. Uh, yeah, I was not yes. a, like for example when uh, Koye was in her uh, Midnight Angel uh, yeah. garb. Like I feel like the CGI on that was pretty rough. I feel like the whole like I I feel like a lot of superhero movies have kind of lazily gone to the whole just taking off the helmet part so you can see the face of the actor, and I feel like a lot of times it does not look good. Yeah. Like, it, it looks... I, I agree with that. It, it, it does not look good. Yeah. Now, to get back to what... I, I feel like the whole situation is they knew what the what Telecon wanted. So, you have to... I would say you draw them out by putting them in a situation where... You give them what they want in an area where they have to come to something to where you're in a good defensive position. And I feel like the whole idea of going out there into the Atlantic Ocean, even with the Sonic Disruptor, was another symbol of Wakanda being kind of arrogant and thinking that they can do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Just like the whole idea of you know them thinking that they'll, oh, they'll never get into Wakanda again because we have... Um, you know, our, our our security is the best in the world. Right. Well, yeah. obviously, it wasn't the first time. So, I mean, what is really happening? That wh- how much more did you up at this the second time? So, right. I feel like it's, it was just another step in the in the realm of. I mean, you have you literally have what they want. They yeah. want Riri. They want Riri. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, what do you what do you do? You put Riri in a. You, you, you have to put her in a place where you have a position of power. Right. Correct. Well, how about the how about the fight scene with the Dormelaja hanging off the side of the boat, and then Black uh, her sure is Black Panther jumping on the side and like clawing her way ar- around yeah. the ship to destroy all of these freaking uh, Talakan uh, uh, people. Like, yeah, it, it warriors. Was, yeah, yeah. It was it was it was incredible. To watch. Was I love that. I love yeah. that part of it. And then Riri having the full suit, full like the Ironheart Iron suit, yeah. uh, like full Iron Man vibes yeah. going on, like. Wakandan style, like it, it, she was incredible watching her fly around. Uh, I love seeing the bigger, bulkier suit. It kind of gave me like flashbacks to like Iron Man Mark Mach One. Like yeah. it was, it, it was bigger, yeah. bulkier, but like sleek at the same time. It was, it was, it was, it was great to see that. Yeah. I, I also thought, oh, like so, going back to the scene that you're talking about with the Dormelage going over the edge. I did think it was a a good way to show the current state of how Wakanda was feeling about feeling united in a way by having the Jabari 
being the ones who were holding it. And just showing the connection between the different tribes in those moments that one tribe was willing, was helping out this other tribe. In a, because for the most part up until this point, it was each tribe kind of fought on their own. Mm-hmm. Like in every moment that you would see, they, they might fight on the same battlefield, but you would, always, you would see Jabari fighting with the Jabari, uh, all with the Jabari fighting together. Or, you know, you would see the, Dormalaje fighting, but this was one of the scenes where you you see a large group of both sides mm-hmm. working together, to, or both parts of Wakanda working together for this one single mission. Well, um, us as the audience, we know that this the strategy of uh, going to the Atlantic Ocean and fighting them was it was a wrong one because there's only like ten of them left, ten, ten Wakandans left, yeah. and they're all surrounded. And if it wasn't for uh, Shuri, like defeating Namor and like bringing him back and saying like we're done fighting, it's peacetime. Like yeah, Wakanda yeah. would have been wrecked. <laughs> I they would have been wrecked by the freaking. I mean, even if she had made the decision to kill Namor, yeah, like they it, still like, they, they would have yeah. been just there would have been no one there to be like, hey, maybe or there would have been no one to be like, hey, stop. They would have just been like, oh, <laughs> Namor is dead. We're just gonna annihilate everybody on your ship. Yeah, and in your country, like I don't know. I, not that it takes anything away from the movie, because the movie overall was good, but I always struggle with movies that have an ending like that with the conflict, like with a battle, where it's like, hey, we were just killing everybody, and now we're just going to... Now we're cool. Now we're all right. Yeah. I, I'm I like, feel, man, the senseless death, you know? I feel, I feel like with that with that scene, and just like with the mindset and everything with Namor, is like he gained, he gained an ally in a sense. Even if like it didn't, you know, pan out the way he wanted, you know, he, he thought that it would, or, you know, the way that Suri thought it would, you know, either way, like he, you know, he consented and everything, you know, to the battle, you know, he yielded, but at the same time, like he gained an ally of Wakanda and vice versa. I mean, yes, but it also create, like, you got to think about the people that were actually fighting. It's hard to like, it's hard for a Wakandan to be like, you know what? I'm cool with you now member of Talacon, even though you just killed my brother. Exactly, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. that's true. Good and, and I think I think Talacons are going to feel that way, too. Like, yeah. Uh, oh, we see that. Oh, yeah, it goes both ways. Yeah, at yeah. the end. Yeah. At the end, where, where uh, Nomura, yes. the sister of uh, Namor, is uh, is calling him out, like, kind of like, what, what have we done? Like, why are we... Why are we uh, giving into that? But then he says it's like all part of a bigger plan. It's all correct. It's like they're gonna come to they're gonna come to us because they need us when they need like, us. I, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I feel like there's going to be a greater enemy. Which I mean, obviously, we know that there's going to be a greater enemy with right. you know King of the Dynasty and everything. You know, coming out. I feel like you know with I feel like he in some sort of way or fashion. You know, he's going to vibranium is going to be an asset. You know, yeah. with this next phase. And there's two, you know, there's two nations, you know, that are protectors in a sense of our brain. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, whether they like it or not, they're going to have to join together in order to protect it or defend it, right. you yeah. know, from Kang. And, you know, or, the, the, and like maybe Kang is pressuring the outside world mm-hmm. to put pressure on Wakanda mm-hmm. and Talakan. Because, like, you know, is the UN going to put more and more pressure on them to be mm-hmm. like, hey, like... Also, also just, just to clarify, as far as I know, you guys tell me if, you, if I'm wrong, like, Wakanda did a good job of not letting it slip that Telecon even existed. Like, uh, throughout yeah, the whole true. movie. Good yeah. point. Nobody yeah, no, knows about Yeah, them. they did. Yeah. Um, however, I feel like that's going to come back and hurt them just in, 
you know, just with, you know, speaking as far as like the Thunderbolts and all that kind of stuff go. Because, you know, in this movie we learned, you know, the, the, you know, the director of the CIA and everything, you know, is the one that puts the Thunderbolts and everything together. Yeah, we see Val. And, Val yeah, Val, is, yeah, uh, correct. Full, yeah, it's funny you mention that now because, like, we're, here we are at the end. We're about to, like, wrap up very shortly. And uh, we're just now mentioning Everett Ross and Val De La Fontaine. Like, well, I think it's, yes. It's because it's a, it's a, that's a it's side a side, part of it's the movie. A side. That's, yeah. the, that's the point of the movie that's going to connect the rest of the universe. Like, that's correct. Because the, yeah. everything that happened with Wakanda and, and, and Talakan is it, that it, it can stand alone. It, yeah. it truly can. But like the Everett Ross and the Vals, like that's, that's what's going to build the rest of this universe. And the Thunderbolts are, are, they are a thing. They're going to happen. And yeah. Val is kind of orchestrating that. Well, th- Correct. Yeah. My speculation is that they're going to infiltrate Wakanda to discover, you know, Namor and his people and all that kind of stuff and discover, you know, the threat that, you know, the U S face, uh, as far as, you know, vibranium and, you know, how to get it. And once, I feel like once they discover that, you know, Wakanda is not the only, you know, resource that they have to go to as far as vibranium, they're going to pry on that. Mm, yeah. I'm just like, how are they going to get into <laughs> Wakanda? Yeah. How are they going to infiltrate Wakanda? Yeah, that was quite the entrance that uh, Shuri had to do, like to, to get in the pipeline and fly like speeds all the way down oh, the middle I, well, of the ocean. No, like, I was, yeah. I, yeah. no, no, I was just talking about Wakanda. Like, oh, yeah. How oh, are the yeah, Thunderbolts yeah. going to get into Wakanda? Oh, yeah, yeah. Good point. I was I, like, but, I was wait, like but, how are you going to infiltrate uh, Telecon? Like, there's I, no I don't know if they're going to. I feel like the next time we but, see Telecon is going to be like, I think Namor's right. I think they're going to be needed. Like Wakanda's gonna need them, but but here's the thing: how did how did the French infiltrate Wakanda? They didn't. They didn't. That no. was Mali. That was a yeah. That oh was, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Say nobody, outpost. nobody yeah. has infiltrated Wakanda as far as we know, except for Killmonger and maybe Claw. I guess. Yeah. Uh, I think was it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Claw did because he had, he got his hands on some uh, vibranium. vibranium. Yeah. yeah. So. And I guess Thanos, but I mean oh, that's yeah, a of course, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that's a whole other yeah, a little different. Know. So it's like, um, yeah, but What's, okay, well, technically hold on. he didn't infiltrate it; they let him in. That's fair. That's a good point. Uh, but but uh, okay, how about this? Everett Ross and Val were formerly <laughs> married. <laughs> what the heck? Yeah, I did that? not that ha- I did not have that on my bingo card. No, no <laughs> way. No way. Wow. That was. That I was mean, wild. what a what a curveball, man. Yeah. But uh, hey, uh, sure, why not, right? Well, and okay, so she's she's the CIA director, right? Like that's what we picked up on here. That's what I'm gathering. Yes, so, at the very least, some secretive organization, maybe not the actual CIA, but someone who acts like the CIA. All I'm gonna say I is, think- with great power comes great responsibility. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Uh, not not really. Not, not for her. <laughs> What are you getting at? I don't know, dude. I heard it in a movie somewhere. <laughs> wait, wait. Am I missing a Spider-Man connection? Or are you? Well, are we? Well, no, are like you just tired? Her, we've almost her and her power that like she potentially has with recruiting all these people, like that whole kind of thing. Like I don't yeah. know. I don't know. No, but like what's she, the connection to Spider-Man? It's not a connection to Spider-Man. It's just a cool line to throw out. Oh, you know what okay. I'm saying? My like, bad. I was. We're like, at that point of the pod where we should have stopped it a while ago, and I'm. Yeah. We're missing each other. <laughs> so yeah, on that note. <laughs> well, no, I mean, real quick. Um, let me think. Is there anything? Is there anything else um, with Val and? Yeah, yeah. I would say like we kind of move on from there. Yeah. So the one, the one cool thing I'll say is when 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 Everett Ross said, and somebody mentioned it earlier, but he said, um, 
have you ever thought about what they could be doing? Oh, what Wakanda yes. yeah, could yeah, yeah. be doing? Could you? And then he said, would you imagine what the U.S. could do if if they had vibranium? And she says, I actually dream about that all the time. Yeah. Yeah, and that's which, where you can see that twinkle in her eye where it's like she's going to try to get in. Yes, and, yeah. that like, yeah, that and, idea that and, seems sinister. You know what? The only thing I can think of, and I still, what does she have on him? But in that official Marvel poster, they have Bucky as a part of the Thunderbolts, which to me just doesn't, unless she's blackmailing him, it doesn't make sense why Bucky would go He'd back into that team. world. Yeah, right. But that's the Mercenary. only, that's the only in I could think of. Like he is, he was a former, you know, uh, rehab patient yeah. in yeah. Wakanda. Yeah. You know? Well, mm-hmm. Wakandan refugee. Kinda, yeah, yeah, the white wolf, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that could be, yeah, that could be how they get in. They need him it's, like, It's hey. gotta be, yeah. But I, I don't know, we're gonna have to, they're gonna, Marvel's gonna have to explain to me why he's on that team. Like, you yeah. know, what does and she they have? They will. On? They will. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, so. All right, last call. Anything else on this movie you guys want to discuss? I mean, uh, I love the big credit. Oh, oh, the big credit scene. Gosh, man. Which, Shimato. you know what? Golly. I forgot. So, truthfully, we should have said it at the very beginning when we were talking about just kind of how they're honoring Chadwick and T'Challa. Yes. Yeah. So, I, I kind of forgot about it, but I'm glad you reminded me. Yeah, man, that was, uh, again, didn't have that on my bingo card. No, no, no. The reveal that, uh, like, Shuri's having her moment on the beach, and then Nakia walks up, and boom, she's got a child with her, and boom, it's... Uh, right when I saw the little kid, I was like, yeah. oh, boy, oh, I know yeah, who yeah. that is. Yes. Yeah, it's T'Challa's son, and, and the, the explanation of, like, T'Challa wanted him to grow up not with the pressure of the crown, like, the pressure of uh, of Wakanda, the, yeah. everything that came along with it, and so Nakia was to, you know, kind of be off and raise him, and, and, and but still... Teach him the ways, that kind of thing. Like, it, I don't know. It makes sense. It does make yes. sense because the, the crown of Wakanda, it has to have a heavy, it, it weighs heavy. weight. Yes. So, yeah. And it also makes more sense why Nakia was not there. Correct. You yeah. know? Yeah. Because otherwise, it's it's like, it yeah. seems a little selfish, truthfully, on, on Nakia's part for her to not be there with the family in the immediate aftermath of T'Challa's passing. And it like that's Nakia's character too. She's always been the one to flee from. Yeah, well, yeah. she's more of the the spy. Like even Mbaku is like, oh, the 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 spy, the, the, the spy one who yes, saves yeah, Wakanda exactly. again. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and just with the whole scene, I feel like they did a pretty good job with like orchestrating that. Even in the beginning part of the movie, where you know Ramonda says that I have to tell you something about her brother. Or about your brother, and then they cut off where like they get distracted. That's yep. true. I, That's I imagine true. that yeah. that had what to have been. Had it been. And we we see how uh, Nakia was calling Shuri and like multiple multiple, multiple times. times. Yeah. So I think and she was trying her. to yeah, ma- ma- you know, reach out. But yeah. Shuri again, Shuri was yeah. wounded. Man, she was she was scarred. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and she was yeah. down. So, but yeah, I'm looking forward to see where that goes and if anything happens from that. But uh, but yeah, um, I guess. One one last shout I would say is that uh, the character of uh, Riri Williams. I do. Yeah, we really didn't. Even yeah, know. we really didn't. We just like, she was here or there and popped up in our mm-hmm. conversation tonight. Mm-hmm. But but uh, her character, uh, I thought that she provided the uh, appropriate amount of humor to a very somber yes. movie. And uh, I, that character and watching her uh, play out in a series is going to be fantastic. Yeah. So, so thought on that. A lot of times, all the little, all the young Avengers that we've seen so far, almost all of them, I'm like, you know, uh, like somewhat insufferable at times. Um, she's like the first. I, I th- is she gonna be a young Avenger? I imagine because she's nineteen. I would, ass- I would assume yeah. so. Yeah, just, correct. Just based on her age, I'm assuming. But 
I loved her, man. I thought she was great. Fantastic. And, uh, Absolutely yeah. Fantastic. So I'm I'm really excited to see her yeah. as a you know, as a lead in her own project. Yeah, it's it's going to be cool to see. Yeah, she so I am excited to see more from her and I think she's going to absolutely kill the And role. what's cool, real quick, and at full circle, when Bruce Banner was like really impressed with Shuri's like knowledge yeah. in Infinity War. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Uh-huh. Now it's full circle. Shuri is like looking at her and she's like, "You're 19?" Yeah. Like this was a this was a homework project? Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> this vibranium yeah. detector. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, so it's kind of, it's, it's, it's cool to see Shuri on the other end of that now. It's going to be cool seeing her in her seri- own series. Man. Yeah. yeah. I so can't we'll, wait. I so can't we, wait. you're right. We didn't talk about her much, but you know, we will talk about her more to come. We but, sure will. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. I think it's time. It's almost an hour, <clears throat> excuse me, almost an hour and a half. Uh, we haven't had this long of a, of a review in a while. So very long time. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Marvel for freaking rocking it. Again, once again, shout out to Coogler uh, for making an incredible movie. Shout out to all of you for listening, watching. We want to remind you to hit subscribe wherever you are tuning in, whether it's YouTube or if you're listening to the podcast version as well, somewhere else. And also follow us on social media at Royal Geek Pod. Um, with all that in mind, for my good friends Sandy, Shimato, and Apple Zacks, this is T-Roll saying thank you so much for listening to the Royal Geek Podcast. We will see you next time, you peasants. Peasants.